The copyrighted program created by Rio Grande. Telling police, calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 280 regarding a man abused a woman. Assist the officers. That's all. Roll Man. So the 
the sight of a cruel and vicious man who had struck twice on the same night, leaving his victims beaten and bloody. In the office of Captain Wallace of the Homicide Squad the following day, Detective Lieutenant Sanderson, Joseph, Stephen, and Brown are in conference. We think we'd better do, Captain Wallace. Trouble with these cases is lack of motive, except for us. We haven't anything to work on. There isn't much we can do, Sanderson, until you can talk to the two assault victims. We may get word from the emergency hospital any minute to come on out. Yeah, they were both unable to talk last night. Still groggy from being beat up. Brooks, you're sure that you and Brown didn't overlook anything on the first case, Mrs. Brady? Positive. Brad and I weren't the only ones that looked. They had all the neighbors helping us. There were flashlights all over the place, turning into every nook and cranny for blocks around. That's right. There wasn't a single clue. Wherever the assailant was, he was scared off by Mrs. Brady's calls for help. Yeah, you see, the neighbors came running out, and the eighth man, as the papers called him, ran away. I have all of his reporting on fingerprints, photographs at Mrs. Everett's house. Oh, you got them back. Do any good? Not much, you see. We have his record here, but we're sending the prints to the FBI. We never catch this eighth man. They're all we need to fix him up, and I don't mean it. Are those the fingerprints that were taken on the table leg? Yeah, the one we hit her with. She's in the worst case when the first one, Mrs. Brady. If Mrs. Everett has put up quite a battle. And you ought to see that house. blood splattered all over the walls. She was a tough little lady. I've often wondered what would happen if a woman wanted to talk to the these women were. Instead of putting up a fight, she sort of give in for the time being and watch for a good opportunity to talk to her to some vital spot. I thought the same thing. In fact, I told my wife to do just that if she found herself in a spot like that. Of course, it's pretty hard not to fight back when somebody rushes you suddenly. And yet, if a woman could keep a witch about her, I've got a hunch she'd win. Well, then, where that doesn't solve these two cases. See, still at large, you'll have a strike again without warning. You boys have to find him at all this time. Well, maybe this is the hospital. Captain Wallace, please. Yeah. They are? Good. I'll send them in right over. Okay for you boys to get over and talk to the victims. I think you and Keezy will be enough, Sanderson. Okay, it's right away. I'd ask you fellas to go easy on these women. Suffering terribly from shock as well as from beating every given. Just on fire. We'll have Okay, we'll talk to Mrs. Brady first. Excuse uh, Mrs. Brady? No, Doctor. I have a couple of officers here. They want to ask you a few questions. You're strong enough to answer them? I'll try. But it's so hard to talk. I know, but just take it easy. Okay, Lieutenant. Sorry to have to bother you to try my this, Mrs. Brady, but we're very anxious to solve your case. Please tell me in your own words just what happened. Well, I was coming home last evening around 7 o'clock. I was walking down Russell Avenue. I was just about a block from my home when I noticed I was being followed. I tried not to appear nervous or quicken my pace, but it was getting dark, and I was a little bit afraid. Was it a white man? Yes. Do you know where it came from? No, I don't. He must have stepped out from behind a tree or a bush. I see. I guess it was just by sheer willpower that I kept from breaking into a run. I could hear him closing in on me. Suddenly, he made a rush at me. Oh! Oh! 
I was wondering if you had any work I could do in the yard or the garden. I haven't had anything to eat all day. Oh, you poor man. Come in. I'll fix you something in a kitchen. Uh, gee, thanks, lady. I sure appreciate it. Oh, don't mention it. Just sit down and make yourself comfortable. Uh, maybe you'd like to come out in the kitchen and talk while I work. Uh, don't make no difference, lady. I'll wait in the front room. Oh, whatever you wait. I won't be long. I'll be up some good coffee and I think I've got some things in the bread box. It'll be ready in, in just a minute. The coffee's almost done now. I'm sorry I don't have much else to give you besides taste. Oh, it sure smells well. <laughs> you might as well come on out. You can begin on the taste. Ah, you sure must make good coffee. How many judges smell? Oh, I don't know. I need to just like anybody else does it here. Now, now sit down over there at the table. Uh, I don't know how to thank you, lady. Don't try to. Here, help yourself to some bread and cake. I, I found a piece of pie, too. Oh, good. I'll just get the coffee pot here on the table and you drink all you want. You sure are swell to do this for me. <laughs> I'll go on in the front room and take your time. Yeah, it sure will. It ain't very often the fellow runs into a lady like you. When you're as hungry as me, you begin to think everybody's against you. I'd be glad to make more coffee for you if you want it. No, no thanks, Lydia. It was swell. But, uh... Yes? Uh, well... If you could spare a dime, lady, for coffee. Why, of course. My sister's in the bedroom. I'll go get her. Gee, thanks. I think I've got a loose quarter here. You're welcome to that. Yes, 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 yes. Maybe you can. Oh. Come here. Oh, no. Too young either. They might have been a little late, but no match for this 
slugger. Well, we'll catch him, all right. The only worry I have is that he may strike again before we can catch him. The officers made several trips back to the hospital for additional information. They took notebooks books from headquarters, hoping the injured women might recognize their favorite among the many pictures of known criminals. But they were doomed to disappointment. The fiend was not among them. And then, on the third day... I'd like to see Captain Wallace. He's calling? He's killing Mr. Eddard. I'm the husband of one of the women that was beaten by the ape man. Just a moment. Mr. Evers to see you, Captain. Okay. Go right in, Mr. Evers. Yes, sir. Morning, Mr. Evans. I'm sorry. Thank you, sir. Now, then, what can I do for you? I am the husband of Mrs. Evans, one of the women who was beaten by the ape man, Mr. Patrick, the first one. Yes, I feel as much. I have some information I thought you might find some value. Regarding the assailant? Yes. And you know who it was? I know of a man who might be the one. You see, I keep a diary of everything that happens each day. No matter how good you are. Mm, that's interesting. Yes. Now, I have here an entry on July 17th of last year that a man came to my home and applied for work as a gardener. I employed him for the day, and while he was there, we engaged in several conversations. He appeared deeply interested in religious matters, and in this case, I'm a doctor of divinity. Yes, go on. Well, I noticed that he quite frequently digressed from the subject of religion to make some inappropriate allusion to other matters. Mm-hmm. His mind seems to dwell on such things. His viewpoint struck me as rather extraordinary. You see, I've made somewhat of a study of human nature. Do you know if Mrs. Everett was acquainted with this man? Did she see him at any time? I believe not. Uh, what gave me the idea was that my wife's assailant asked for some kind of gardening work, and it all seems to fit together. You're positive your wife never saw this man, or that he saw her? Oh, positive. At that time, she was in a sanitarium, recovering from an illness. Uh, now I'll come to the point. The description my wife gave me of her attacker is very similar to that of this man Dugger, and I'm uh, sorry. Just a moment, Dr. Evers. Did I hear you say his name? Of course. I have it right here. T. E. Dugger. I have his address here, too, I believe. Yes, sir. He's very good I'd like to turn for you on a stretch of paper. I think we'll get on on, Dr. Evers. Your story seems to fit the pluggers with you. I sent two of my men out to this address right away. He still lives there. He'll be in jail within an hour. A few minutes later, Detective Lieutenant Ellie Sanderson and Detective Lieutenant Ray E. D. C. are at the address Dr. Everett has given Captain Walker. Well, this is the place. They just said we want to interview the judge about a traffic accident in the river. Yeah, no use, Roger. It's a thing. I hope he's in. Hold on. We'd like to see Mr. T. E. Douglas. He witnessed a traffic accident, and we'd like to talk to him about it. Is he in? No, he's moved. 
Oh, any idea where? No, but I heard someone say he was living in a rooming house in the Westlake district. Do you have the address? No, I don't. Seems to me it's not the temple chain. By the way, you don't seem to be terribly pleased with his memory. What do you do for a living? Ah, he never had any steady job. Personally, I'd call him a camp gardener. Why? Well, I knew he'd get some garden tools in his room. Sort of a shiftless man. Aside from that, he was a pretty decent sort of fellow, wasn't he? Well, to tell you the truth, I was glad to get rid of him. He's always chasing some woman. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. One of my tenants complained that he'd made advances to her in the hallway, so I told him to get out. Oh, I see. Have you seen him left? He calls her occasionally. That's familiar. If you want to leave your names, I'll give them the message. Let's uh, go see him. Uh, I expect you'll be able to locate him through other channels. Oh. But if he comes back, uh, phone us at Michigan 5211, will you please? Uh, and please. thanks very much well, for your well, service. Well, that's right. Well, that's right. Let's go down and check the registrar of voters. Maybe we can locate this new address. <laughs> list of registered voters showed the name of D.C. Duffer with an address on Lake Shore Avenue in the West Lake District. The trail was getting warmer, but a few minutes later, as the two officers talked to the manager of the apartment house, Eric Griff. I'm sorry, but Duffer moved away from here about two weeks ago. Oh, well, the man we're looking for is rather small and very dark complexion. That's the fellow. He's got twice with the nurse who lived here, and I kicked him out. That's Duffer, all right. Any idea where he is now? Not exactly, but I'm pretty sure he lives out this way somewhere. Still does a little gardening for some of the neighbors around here. Well, I guess we've done all we can here. Well, thanks for the information. You're quite welcome. The two officers made daily trips to the Westlake District, cruising up and down the various streets, looking, always looking. Every short, dark man was carefully scrutinized, and particular attention was paid to all gardeners. But the eighth man had seemingly disappeared. On the night of March 23rd, the officers were staked out in their car, watching and waiting. The ceaseless down full of rain drenched both angles. Drama was being enacted in another part of the city. Near Echo Park, a woman was sitting at her desk writing letters. Suddenly she stopped, gripped by the terrifying realization that she was not alone. Trembling, she got to her feet and turning, saw a masked man standing in the doorway. What? I want some money. Come here. Oh, no. No. Oh, so Yes, 
He said he lived in the 700 block of Bobby Blanc. Oh, you'll find him all right, don't worry. We only want you to get well as soon as possible so you can testify against him in court. Did you count on me? Good. Come on, Ray. Let's have a look at that 700 block on Bonnie Bray. Twenty minutes later, the two officers are carefully looking over the apartment houses and rooming houses in the 700 block. Which one looks the most likely to you? No, I don't know. How about that one over there? Instead of denying that one, too, let's try it. Okay. I'll park the car a few doors away. Yeah, I might be keeping a lookout for cops. This is a good place to park here. Hey, uh, we might put up a fight. Better be ready for some rough stuff. I'll be ready. Uh, let's hope he hasn't uh, moved away from here, too. Uh, here comes somebody. Good afternoon. We're from police headquarters, and we're looking for a man named uh, Jugger or Rugger. Do you have anybody living here by that name? Uh, uh, yes, I do. His name is Thomas Edward Duggar. But he's not in just now. Oh. Uh, will you come in? Oh, thanks. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Why, right, right, of course. Come right in. Come in here in the living room. Now then, if you sit down. Uh... My name is Mrs. Edwards. Oh, Mrs. Edwards. Mrs. Edwards, uh, who lives here with us? My daughter does. And, of course, Mr. Dunder. You do me this way about, uh, about three weeks ago Monday. Well, that would be the, uh, 11th, I'd say. Mrs. Brady and Mrs. Edwards. Let's see, that was the 14th. Yeah. What's his occupation? He's a gardener. That is, when he can get work to do. I see. He doesn't have much money and tries to economize, maybe? Yes, that's true. Just quite a bit of water. He can be very particular about keeping his clothes clean. And you often hear him shoving them in the bathroom. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Mr. Dugger isn't in any trouble, is he? Well, I'll tell you, Mrs. Edward, I assume you ought to know about this. Yes. I'm making a police investigation, and I'd like to have your cooperation. Oh, why... Why, of course, I'll be glad to help you all I can. And your daughter, too. Yes. Well, tell me, Mrs. Edward, what did Mr. Dudley do last Saturday? We want to know where he was and what time he left the house and all about him. Well, now, let me see. He's home early in the afternoon, as he usually does. Left again about, oh, about seven o'clock. He was out quite late. I know because his key wouldn't unlock the door and I had to get up and let him in. Oh, it was after, after three in the morning. Go on. Well, he got up early Sunday morning. It couldn't have been later than seven o'clock. My daughter and I heard him go into the bathroom. It sounded as though he was washing clothes. He was not about it at the time. That time later, he left. Then he came back about nine. And this time, we were sure we heard him washing. He's certainly clean for a gardener. Yeah, almost too clean. Well... He went out again about, about ten. We didn't see him until evening. He's been working in the daytime for the last two days and staying home night. Well, I believe that's about all there is to tell. Well, tell me, have you always acted perfectly proper around the house here? Well, well there is something else. Perhaps I should tell you. What is that, Mrs. Edwards? Well, that Mr. Dutter the other night. My daughter and Mr. Duggar and myself were all sitting in here reading. And suddenly Mr. Duggar jumped up and rushed over to me. 
and juicy thongs around my neck. And what did they say? He said, Oh, won't you please be a mother to me? I remember his very words. My daughter and I both tried to laugh at all, but we were really worried about it. We were sorry we ever rented the room to him. Absolutely. But that gets exactly with the information we have concerning And when do you expect him to the office? That's him coming in now. Well, you will grab him before he knows what's up. Hello, Mother. Hello. Just a minute. Hey, oh, what's that? I got it. Okay. Now, then. Your name's Duggar? Yeah. Yeah, that's my name. But I ain't done nothing. Would you mind uh, leaving the room, Mrs. Edwards? I'd like to ask this man a few questions. Oh, uh, certainly, officer. I'll be back in the kitchen. Now, Mr. Douglas, suppose you explain your actions last Saturday night. Saturday night? Well, it, it was raining. Oh, about 7 o'clock, I went over to a cafe on Sunset Boulevard and had something to eat. After that, I, and I went to a picture show. I got out about, about 9.30 and went straight home. I was in bed before 10. You're lying. Lying about what? You didn't get home until after 3. Mrs. Edward had to let you in because the key wouldn't unlock the door. That was you who beat up those women and we not. Oh, what women? I've never seen anybody. I don't know what you're talking about. And what about Mrs. Edwards having to let you in after 3 o'clock? Well, well, I'm... Oh, wait a minute. Have you come to me? Yeah. You know whose that is, Ray? No, whose? Mrs. Edwards. That's right. She died last Thursday, didn't she? Who? Who is Mrs. Evers? I'll tell you. On March 14th, a man went to Mrs. Evers' home and asked for some food. <laughs> no. Oh, I didn't mean to hurt him. Can't you let that man in? Oh, I couldn't help I, I can't help And that man repaid her, Tanner, by beating her almost oh, to death. Please, please stop me. I can't help it. I can't. That's how I am. And that man was you, Sugar. You're right. That's how you are. And you hang for it. In just a moment, we shall hear the concluding facts regarding our program. If your car is below par, everything seems to go wrong. Make the week ahead run smoothly by ensuring the maximum efficiency of your car with the sure fire protection of Rio Lube motor oil and the money-saving power of police car performance, Rio Grande Crash, the most highly recommended gasoline sold in the West. And now, Major Green. Dodger's trial developed nothing new regarding his crime. He was speedily convicted and was later hanged at San Quentin. His criminal career extended back over several years. But like all criminals, he found that crime cannot pay. Thank you, Major Green.
Columbia Broadcasting System.